Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we've been keeping an eye on Mike Parry in lockdown, and uh, he covered a fair bit of ground from his uh, favourite food and what he does with it, and uh, his favourite TV show, and a bit of Everton, of course, and, and uh, he's growing his own, as you'll discover. Um, so we spoke to Mike, <laughs> didn't we? He never disappoints, and uh, we, we, did, we caught up with our road trip in Brazil. Steve Bruce, another episode from him. Mm. Um, we had uh, a fun chat with Mike Ward, uh, television recommendations for you. And uh, we spoke to John Fingers Fingleton yeah. uh, about the MCC. So you won't hear all of that, but there was a little bit at the end that we thought was uh, quite amusing. So you'll hear okay. a yeah. bit from him. Bring you, a bit of that. you might have been in Brazil. I was in Russia. <laughs> Did I say Brazil? Yeah. Oh, look, it's, it's been a long day, Andy. <laughs> I'll <Okay>. give up. <laughs> here, here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, I see baseball has restarted in South Korea with yeah. a cardboard cutout crowd. They look great. And Arsenal apparently quite excited. They think it'll improve the atmosphere at the Emirates. Oh, come on. It's come shooting on. fish in a barrel time, isn't it? You start down that route. Do you want news from South well, it's Korea? Be. Sonny, uh, yes, Sonny's military training. Uh, they've, they've taken some pictures of it. How's it going? Him. Uh, well, he's he's number one three six. He was uh, pictured in his bulletproof helmet. Uh, it, returning to boot camp after finishing a rifle exercises. He's in the Marine Corps on the Jeju Island, and uh, it's all part of his three week service. So he'll come back. He'll be, he'll be able to fire a gun. He's going to be tear gas. So if we get Millwall away in the cup, we'll be laughing, won't we? He'll be he'll be ready to rock and roll. Only kidding, Millwall fans. I know I know things have changed. <laughs> I, Professor Lockdown, uh, in charge of the uh, government lockdown, you saw was forced to resign after yeah. tryst with his married lover, Antonia Stats. Mm. Stats. Surely he should have opted for a better option. Thank you. On the same lines, honestly, you're right. It is difficult, isn't it? Births. I was looking at the births today. Congratulations for a baby boy to Charles and Miranda Corn. Yeah. Corn, how are they going to raise him? Hey, that's, 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 that's very good. <laughs> Thank you very much. And Colonel Tom Moore has uh, rightly been awarded a gold Blue Peter badge, which nice. is tremendous. Oh, he deserves it. But some of the other people, amongst the other people who've got it, the Queen, Sir David Attenborough, and Mary Berry. Why has Mary Berry got a gold Blue Peter badge? What, for baking a few cakes? <laughs> oh, I, I, I think I, I'd ask for that back. Only you could get that annoyed at someone getting a gold. I mean, what does it mean, a gold blue Peter badge? You're not paying for it. Nothing. It's not like the gold. It's not, it doesn't, they don't take money out of your bank account to buy it and send it to it, do they? It's just, it's just a mark of respect. <laughs> and, uh, and Bob Harris wrote to the uh, Sun today. What did he write to the Sun? What did he write to the Star? No, he wrote to the... Uh, where is it? I've lost it now. That's brilliant. Oh, okay. Did I not stick? Oh, here it is. Yes, no, he wrote to the Sun. I'm baffled, says Bob, as to why the government won't allow fishing. As a 72-year-old, it would be an ideal way for me to get exercise, says Bob Harris. Tonight's session from Catching Carp. Not really. Thank yeah. you very it much. It will be back not soon. Not that, Bob Harris. It will be back soon. I've what, got fishing? Yes, it will be. I've absolutely. got news from Louisiana, Andy. Do you want this? Oh, yeah. Yes. It's uh, the police uh, department in Louisiana uh, are warning residents of an aggressive chicken. 
that's been terrorising bank customers <laughs> this, yeah. at a drive-through ATM. <laughs> because I think animals are. We've seen this. We don't get a lot of foxes around our way. It's quite you know we've got sort of big oh, woods don't near you? us. Come we come, don't get. Come urban... and move here when they don't collect the rubbish for three weeks. No, it's strange. <laughs> Where I used to live, we got a lot of foxes, but there's loads of them at the moment. They to take the dog for a walk late at night, and the dog's going mad. She's sniffing like, a, and she's barking away because. Mm. The foxes are everywhere, but um, animals getting bolder, uh, as we've seen, because there's less people about. And, yeah, this, this uh, an aggressive chicken. Uh, the Louisiana Department's Facebook page said the chicken has been chasing customers back to their cars and has failed to engage in proper social distancing. <laughs> but um, I think I might mention this before. My mate, when he worked at the Wordsworth Museum, he was a guide years ago, um, was living in Grassmere up in the lakes. And they had they had this they had a chicken that used to patrol the phone box, and wouldn't let you in. And if you managed to get past him, and actually get in, he'd have a pop at you when you came out. But he was enormous. It was he reckoned he was the size of a of a of a dog. This massive chicken, like a radioactive chicken, that used to patrol the phone box there. So look, they they can be aggressive, obviously. Yes. I, I've got a bit of animal news as well. Uh, why not? Last week, uh, city councillors in Worcester yeah. said that the weekly clap for carers oh, yeah. is helping scare yes, it's helping scare gulls away for a short time. Yeah, about a minute. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. You know what they're like? They just come straight back. They're not going to go, oh, I'm not coming back here again because people were clapping. Well, if you see someone having a bag of chips on Brighton Pier, just go up next to them and start clapping for the NHS because they might get through their bag or their ice cream then, mightn't they? <laughs> now, last night we uh, we playing table tennis again, a bit, a little bit unlucky. Four ninety the day before, we went out on four eight two. A lot yeah. of swearing ensued. Even we should point out, Andy, for people that aren't listening every day and listening intently, which is probably most people. Even I'm not it's listening nervous. intently, and I'm doing it. The, <laughs> you're playing table tennis. Your wife had never picked it, really picked up a table tennis bat until lockdown, and you've taught mm. her. You bought this little, and, and you've taught her how to play from scratch. It's like it's like the Karate Kid, isn't it? You've taught her how to play from scratch, and you're now getting close to a 500 rally. That's the next big target, isn't it? That's the next big target. And anyway, so uh, Stuart Weir was amongst uh, a number of people who sort of contacted me about it, another friend of mine. One friend of mine said to me, oh, you're like Desmond Douglas. And uh, Stuart said, oh, you're like Chester Barnes. And I've, I've long had a theory, actually, yeah. that you can tell how old somebody is by the table tennis player they most relate to. So if you're 65 or upwards, it's Johnny Leach. If you're 55 to 65, it's Chester Barnes. Yeah. 45 to 55, Desmond Douglas. 35 to 45, Matthew Said. That's the system. You've got to have a system. Okay. And if you're very old, like Norman Giller, it's Victor Barner. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Afternoon, Norman. The other thing is, of course, you could say that about, it's as a marker of how old someone is, maybe we should put this to the, to the boys and girls today because there's another example of that. If you stopped, uh, if you see someone driving quickly and you shout out your window and you want them to slow down. Oh, yeah. If you're young, you'll say, who do you think you are? Lewis Hamilton. Or if you're a little bit older, you'd say, who do you think you are? Uh, Michael Schumacher. Or if, of course, who do you think you are? Sterling Moss. That's the late, great Sterling. Oh, don't forget Nigel Mansell. Mansell. Nigel Mansell. So that's a marker of age. So if you've got any other (laughs) markers, sporting markers of age, um, let's let's have those. (laughs) The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From TalkSport. I was going to ask Fingers, basically, finally, are you prepared to divulge how you always get the best seat in the house at the Test match? Because if you ever look at any cricket, anything, when the batsman's coming in or out, you're there, you're right there, and you're, you're just in your blazer, and there you are. So how, how do you manage that? Divulge it, but I will make just one comment. There was an occasion at a county game where it's not very, pre- not very busy, and I was just walking into the pavilion along the row from the side entrance. Mm thinking, ah, oh, my usual seat is free. And as I did so, a woman came out from the main doors and sat in it. And as I walked, oh dear. she jumped up and said, oh, I'm terribly sorry, I'm sitting in your seat. And she moved. <laughs> that was rather Blimey. Oh, that's good. Well, well you should pay, oh, pay more than £582 <laughs> fingers for that, I think. So. <laughs> well, look, the, uh, the answer to your question is no. No. Uh, thank you for joining <laughs> us, fingers. Thank you very much. As always, and I hope I'll see you somewhere in the world of cricket very soon. Indeed. There Absolutely. we are. Absolutely. John Fingers Fingleton. You can't miss him. Uh, he's All the gear, the hat, the glasses. Um, yeah, he's fairly infamous and front and centre in the pavilion. He's a bin man, you know. You'd never guess, would you? Bin man. I know. Does my bins. I don't know why he doesn't... I normally fl- see him most I don't know days. why he doesn't... <laughs> 
I don't know why he doesn't face paint himself in red and yellow. I think yeah. tremendous. <laughs> Very much oh, the well. talk sport heartland there. <laughs> Very much so. 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 <laughs> yes. Anything else well, you want you know. to you, anything else you well, want to share well, with the... Yes, what's wrong, Andy? No, no. Siobhan Minahan has contacted me on Instagram. Has she? Uh, she yes, she said, my partner listens to you on TalkSport. He follows you on Instagram. Uh, she comes from my area, so, but we live in Leicester. Oh. So uh, she said, I promise he's not a weird, weirdo, she says, but it would make his day if you could do a shout-out for him, which we don't normally do on the show, but, you know, we're in different we, times We now, do so shout-outs we for weirdos as well, you should find out. <laughs> Any weirdos out there who's feeling a bit lonely? <laughs> Yeah. Good. Apparently, anyway, he'll be listening this afternoon. So uh, that's Alex. Good afternoon to Good you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Alex. Not also, a, I'm, not quite, a weirdo. <laughs> I'm quite fascinated by something that happened in the production meeting this morning. That you've had this idea. You wanted to get this bloke on who did 75 miles an hour in a combine oh. harvester. You're selling him short. Uh, 95. His name is oh, uh, Harold Bora. He is. Um, he's Finnish. And you Harold say Bohr. he's no Finnish. He's, no he's Finnish. only. He's, a, he's only 28. Well, in fact, he's yeah. not. I think he's a bit older than that. But um, <laughs> we've often like these. Finish. We've often like these stories of like a, a shed mm. that can go at 80 mile an hour, or a milk float that someone's put a sort of V12 on an old Jag engine, and <laughs> yeah. and we've we've always liked those stories. But Harold is fantastic. He has um, put a 1976 uh, uh, Cadillac Eldorado 8.2 litre V8 engine on a combine harvester. Whoa. Wow! I mean, but I mean, they they do carry some weight, don't they? But it's um, it's for fans of combine harvesters. Uh, if Cowpack Chris is listening, uh, the combine harvester is souped up. Pimp my combine harvester will be great. Imagine that on uh, East Anglia, on Anglia TV back in the day. Uh, Nineteen sixty-seven Far M forty-four machine. That's got five hundred horsepower, and uh, that and the V eight. Um, he's he, sensational. Ninety-five mile an hour out of a combine harvester. I mean, well, it's impressive. You'd hire him. He'd get you get you'd sort your fields out in days, wouldn't he? <laughs> Tell everybody why we couldn't get him on. Well, his name's Harold Bora, and he's Finnish. Um, and the producer phoned him and very quickly realised uh, he didn't speak any English. Although the producer <laughs> doesn't know the Finnish for "Do you speak English?" So maybe if he did. Uh, we might have got him on, but um, so Shame, all the best really. we could do was really just tell you, tell you about him, as opposed to actually getting him on. But if you know <laughs> Harold, we covered, we covered it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. I like to think he stands up and salutes when that comes on, or does a Billy Dainty like walk to it. Um, I'm sure he does. <laughs> it is, of course. Um, Mike Parry joining us now, uh, Life on Lockdown. Uh, we speak to him every Wednesday at this time. Good afternoon, Mike. Yeah, good afternoon, fellas. And um, that's a very, very appropriate anthem you've introduced me on. Not hmm. obviously because I'm uh, an Evertonian, that's, that's very well known. But um, because it's May, of course, every fan of every club everywhere is celebrating the great years of promotion, aren't they? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and winning trophies and all that, because it all happened in May. But it's been a pretty exceptional week for Everton. For instance, yesterday, uh, we were commemorating Dixie Dean's 60 goals in 1928 um, to the day, a record that will never be beaten. And today is the anniversary of um, us winning the uh, first division title in 1985, which was then our, our eighth title. And that brilliant team that Howard Kendall put together, which, of course, won it again two years later in 87. So glorious years passed, but, you know, still waiting for the good days to come back. And in Carlo, we believe. Yes, I'm sure. Yes, and funny, Andy Gray just put a thing on Instagram, Mike, saying yeah. that there were 50,000 people at Goodison that day. He put a picture up of people crammed in sort yeah. of on the fences, on the clock. You probably remember it really well. Yeah, oh, I remember it terribly well. I wasn't there for that game because we beat uh, QPR and I couldn't get up there because I was such a hot shot in Fleet Street in those days. The Daily Express couldn't let me go. You know what I mean? However, I did the deal to go to Rotterdam uh, the middle of the next week where we won the European Cup Winners' Cup, OK, uh, which was historic for us, first European trophy. Um, came back and went to the FA Cup final on the Saturday when we should have uh, recorded an historic treble but we got beaten in extra time, 1-0, after Kevin Moran had got sent off. And Norman Whiteside, and I have this debate with him every time I see him or talk to him, 
was so knackered that he flung over a cross in despair towards the end of the game. And guess what? Uh, it evaded um, the world's greatest goalkeeper, Neville Southall, went in and Manchester United won 1-0. <laughs> Mike, I was just looking up uh, Dixie Dean's record there. As you're right, he said 60 league goals, three three in the Cup, which gave him a a season total of 63. Obviously, I can do the maths. That same season, 27-28, Celtic's Jimmy McGrory uh, only scored scored 48 in the league. But with his other goals, uh, he also scored uh, 63 goals that season. What are the chances in the same season? Oh, absolutely incredible. And the other great statistic is that Dixie, in the last game, an evening game against Arsenal, he had to score three to get to 60, OK? And what nobody ever points out is that the pressure was on Dixie because the previous season, a guy called George Campbell, who was centre forward for Middlesbrough, had scored 59 goals. An English all-time record, albeit in the second division, but nevertheless, 59 goals. And Dixie scored with 14 minutes to go. His third goal against Arsenal, a header, to clinch the record, which, of course, will never be beaten. And my grandfather was in the ground and watched that historic moment. What about that? Fantastic. Because yeah. we've often said our old mate, Chessie, Lisa Francesca and her nan was at Dixie Dean's 21st birthday party. I think that's one of the great <laughs> footballing, footballing yeah. claims to fame, that is. Yeah, well, that, that would have been somewhere in Prenton, near to Trammy's ground, Prenton yeah. Park, because that's where Dixie started his football career. That's where my mum and dad grew up. Um, uh, my dad grew up in the same street as Dixie Dean, and my dad's father, my grandfather, was one of Dixie Dean's best mates. And in 1933, Everton won the FA Cup. We beat Manchester City. Dean, Steen and Dunn scored the three goals. Three weeks later, Dixie went back to Wembley to play for England against France. Beat France 3-0. He scored again. But on the Sunday morning after that game, my father was dispatched to Hamilton Square in Birkenhead to find both his father and Dixie Dean, who were face down on the pavement outside a pub in Hamilton Square, having come back together from the England-France game and drunk all night in the, in the pub in, uh, in Birkenhead. What about that? Now, look, yeah. we know you're Good very stuff. keen to meet a fellow Evertonian who is oh, in your favourite TV series at the moment. Tell us more. Oh, it's, it's absolutely incredible, isn't it? I'm just catching up on Killing Eve, OK? Yeah. And, and, the, and the character... Brilliant. It, it is utterly brilliant. And the character is Villanelle. And I just so love the way that she has this smirk on her face all the time, you know, disapproves of everybody. Brilliant um, Russian accent, because, of course, she plays the role of a, a Russian hit woman. And I saw the second uh, episode, or might have been the third, of the current series. And uh, she was in a, you know, a swanky hotel playing uh, piano. A woman came along and asked her if she could sort of quiet it down a bit. So Villanelle went and found her and killed her by throwing a piano tuning uh, fork into the back of her head. Um, and, it, you know, <laughs> you get this impression with, well, don't, don't mess with that woman, you know what I mean? I think she's fantastic, but the, the real story that you're talking about here is if you listen to her speak at award ceremonies, yeah. she's from Liverpool, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, thank you very much indeed for that award, and thank you for this. Thing. Yeah, it doesn't suit her at all, because she's still a nail. It doesn't suit no, her at no. all. Honestly, it broke my heart when I saw her speaking <laughs> with a Scouse accent. <laughs> but, but she's an Evertonian, ah. and, though, and though I've always claimed that I've never ever tried to claim favours off uh, anybody at Everton, um, I, I always um, are happy to admit that I'm a friend of Mr. Kenwright's, the chairman of Everton Football Club, believe me, my application and request is in the post to sit next to Villanelle, the world's greatest female killer. <laughs> next time she's at Goodison, I want to be there with her. The trouble is, Mike, having now said you don't like her scouse accent, you might find an elaborate, uh, inventive way to kill you. But I was reading about it today, though, Mike. It's very interesting. This is in today's times. The um, that uh, the writers uh, of the show, uh, Phoebe yeah. Waller-Bridge and others, went to an expert. They went to a BBC security expert and said, "Can you give us your top ten? Fifty ingenious ways to kill people, right, and he yeah, did yeah. actually go back and the tie and the elevator that pops up in the second series when she, yeah. the old businessman, the needle of so poison. Brilliant. 
and all sorts yeah. of different ways. This was somebody who kind of knew their stuff, gave them all the ingenious ways uh, to do it, maybe including the tuning fork in the back of the head. So uh, that, that, That's right. I, I loved the lift one when she, when she taunted the bloke and then pulled his tie out as the lift closed and then he crushed him to death in the lift. Yeah. But the one that I really liked was when she pretended to be just a maid in the hotel and went in and told some famous woman how much she liked her and she bought her a special bottle of perfume. Problem was, it was cyanide. And yeah. uh, as soon as she opened it, the woman was dead. I, I, I yeah. just love the way she so nonchalantly kills people, and the cops mm. never turn up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just brilliant and wonderful, and, and I just hope it goes on forever. But I've got to meet her. I've got to meet her. Okay, we'll see we'll make that happen. Hey, can we move on to fish fingers, more pressing matters? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you're, you're, a, you're a big fan of the fish finger, Mike. You've t- remind us about your fish finger tower. What was all that about? It was like a game of well, fish well, finger Jenga, wasn't it? No, no, this is the Fish Finger Pyramid. It's very oh, famous. Oh, Pyramid, right. Uh, okay. Yeah, and I've, uh, I've made a video of it and how you make it. I mean, it's, it's quite simple. Uh, <laughs> what you do is you, you build from a base of um, six fish fingers and hmm. you build them inwards. The reason it's called a pyramid is it looks like a pyramid, okay? Yeah. Uh, why do you do that, Mike? Why, why do you make a Fish Finger Pyramid? Uh, the reason I did it was because a lot of people thought I was a moron. Um, <laughs> you know, in, in, in terms well, they get that idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in terms of my cuisine, not a lot ah, of oh, okay. terms. I mean, right. everybody knows that I know, you know, a lot of things about a lot of things. But yeah. no, they, they accuse me of being cuisine-wise a bit of a moron. Well, I don't care because I love fish fingers. Yeah. So I decided, okay, if you don't like me eating fish fingers, I'll make them more exotic. Yeah. And I make them more exotic by uh, building pyramids. And what you do is you put mushy peas in the middle of the pyramid. You see what I mean? Wow. And then, and then you eat cement. it. Uh, no, 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 just to, to, you know, to make it like a spectacular sort of pouring out of mushy peas when you break through the last layer of the pyramid. It's more like a mushy pea, it's, it's, like a, it's like a fish finger volcano, really, isn't it? If the mushy peas <laughs> then come over the top, like, I can't believe I'm buying into this. Yeah, I mean, if I can make um, uh, a reference to one of the famous expressions from the Prime Minister, it is like an inverted pyramid of peas, if you see what I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah and, that's um, what you've and, and, and that's been picked up many, many times. And actually, funnily enough, when I, being smarter than the average bear, I saw lockdown coming, right? Hmm. So I went out and I, I bought 200 fish fingers um, oh. the day before lockdown. The, the thing is that the, the shopping crisis never really happened. I've still got them uh, in two freezers. So I'm going <laughs> to have to make quite a lot of uh, fish finger pyramids quite fish. soon. Because they, are, they are very popular, though. They're, they're the kind of comfort food that people have been eating a lot of. Mr. Kipling cakes, apparently. People are going That's back. Right. They're remembering the comfort food they had as kids when yep. they weren't in lockdown. These sort of things are, yep. are selling well. Mm. Anyway, I want to move on to your mushrooms, Mike. You've been, sure. you've been growing uh, mushrooms on, well, on your balcony. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've got a very nice roof balcony, even though I live in a penthouse, right? And for some time now, I've been growing potatoes in a potato bag, right? And um, and lettuce, you can you can buy, you can grow little lettuces. These are all in sort of various sort of um, bowls and boxes and things around my roof garden, you know. And uh, mint and basil. But I came across an advert for the Belgian uh, mushroom um, plant. Okay. Yeah. Which I I didn't even know existed. Um, no. So I bought no, <laughs> no. So I bought one and I planted it and amazingly, sort of almost overnight it flowered and then I put a picture of it out. You've probably seen it. I put a picture of it out this morning. It's on my timeline. Have a mm. have a look at it. Yeah. And it, it, it honestly produces the the nicest mushrooms I've ever seen. They're, they're mm. perfectly shaped. They taste wonderful. You just pick them off the um, just pick them off literally the stalks that they grow up on. And um, the, the reason it works is because Belgium, as you well know, is part of the Netherlands, which means the lowlands in yeah. Belgium. And the soil there is always too wet to grow mushrooms in the ground like they mm. do everywhere else. So they grew them on a plant, and that's, that's the plant that I've got in my, oh. uh, my back garden. And I've had these mushrooms with steak, 
and um, and you know uh, things like that. And they are they're fantastic, honestly. I couldn't we were, have made a better choice. We, we were wondering though, Mike, whether having heard some of your theories about wing mirrors on horses and uh, yeah. the hundred meters in one second, whether these were of the magic variety. We know you're a big Beatles fan, so I just <laughs> you mean, yeah. knowing you were on the mushrooms wasn't a massive surprise to me. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a very good question. And I tell you what. One of my life ambitions, because, yeah, one of these days the old ticket's going to give up. One of my life ambitions is to get over to Amsterdam, particularly mm-hmm. as I'm now watching Van der Volk again. Where's this right? going, I wonder? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of my ambitions is to get over to Amsterdam, yeah. get in one of those coffee shops that sell um, funny facts and magic mushrooms, and yeah. just, do, just do a day on the magic mushrooms on the funny facts and see what happens. <laughs> well, we, we, I'm, I'm uh, definitely record uh, it. I pay <laughs> I pay a lot of money to be there, to be yeah. <laughs> Mike, we'll catch up with you next week. Keep safe. Okay, fellas, take it easy. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. We're going to head back to Russia. It was our final day in Sochi during the 2018 uh, World Cup. And this is how the start of the show unfolded. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, everyone. And uh, what I've decided to do is go chronological. Okay. Because of what happened yesterday. We'll go. We'll take you back from after we left the show yesterday. Okay, right. We went back to the hotel to drop our bags off in a black car. And uh, I dropped my bag off. When I came back in, I tried to get in a white taxi. Yeah. A little senior moment, Andy. Not not the first or last. David sitting in the black car. He can see me doing it. He thinks I'm bonkers. Yeah. And he's right. Next to our hotel, we've got the Space Shuttle, which mm. is, you know, and I said, is it the real one? He said, no, it's made of matchsticks. Yeah, it could be. Someone coming. Well, it, it's, it's obviously, there's a, they've got a few of them. I don't know if it's a replica or one that actually went up, but it's just sitting outside. It's a massive, kind of, isn't it? Outside Gazprom. Gazprom, Gazprom yeah, yeah, for some and, reason. Uh, I went in there to pay me bill. Yeah, quite I mean, it takes a lot of gas, I would imagine. <laughs> you can probably feel, it's so cheap here, as we've discovered, about 50p a gallon. Not a litre, folks, a gallon. Yeah. That you could probably fill up the space shuttle for about eight quid, couldn't you? <laughs> probably right, yeah. Uh, lovely lunch by the sea yesterday, only sport by the Grob family playing football right in front of us. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. But it was a very interesting meal, but this has never happened to me in a restaurant. It was quite garlicky, wasn't it? The old spinach, but garlicky. Yeah. And when the bill came, it came with three sticks of gum. And that was a hint or something. Really, yeah. I've never seen that before. No, that was weird. And uh, we played the menu lottery game. You, know, you choose something and they, they haven't got it. We call it Got Not Got. Yeah, Got Not Got. It's a, it's a, a bit of a Russian thing. They put lots and lots of put things on the menu and then you order it and they say, no, we haven't got that. And, and you say, well, I'll have that instead. And they say, we haven't got that. Well, look, let's work on the basis of what you have got. The other thing they like to do here, which yeah. is quite quirky, yeah. is give you food in, in 100 grams. So like yesterday, yeah, yeah. we ordered a bit of fish. And it, it, you get a price there for 100 grams, and you think, well, that's not... 
And then they say, oh, minimum order 300 grand. <laughs> yeah. so, well, why not put, then, the actual price of 300 <laughs> yeah, grand? Rather than multiply it three yeah, times. It's a few quirks. A little bit quirky. And we sat outside watching Portugal uh, versus Iran under the stars. It was very romantic, actually. And our football editor, David Walker, is a bit of an astronomer. I didn't realise. Professor Brian right, no, Walker. No, hang on. No, he's not. He's he got is. an app that he points up at the sky and it tells him. Because he showed off the first day. I thought he was Professor Brian said, Walker. Oh, no. He said, see that up there? That's Jupiter. Oh, that's very yeah, impressive. impressive. There he is. With it. And, you know, you can download it for Fortum Space. Anybody can be an astronomer on that basis, <laughs> but can't he, they? Honestly, no, he's so football, he uses the Glenn Hubble telescope. It does. <laughs> it's incredible. He certainly does. And, of course, come on, give us your... So, Alpha Centauri, and <laughs> we're not going down that route. Galileo oh. Messi. Yeah, that's it. Come on, please. <laughs> They've got their own YouTube football site. It's At and J. <laughs> Copernicus 90. Yeah. And you said Gordon Jodrell Banks. Yeah, that's we'll give right. give you that one. For people who don't worry about the rhyming slang aspect <laughs> of that. Now, um, oh, the yes. other thing Andy has forgotten from today, oh, or yeah. yesterday, oh, yeah. is that he decided in this uh, bar during the game, he'd have a couple of um, vodkas. He's yeah. got quite into the vodka. <laughs> yeah. And he had two vodkas. Yeah, the cranberry. I think, had the I think the team here, I look at our producer, and I look at our head of football, who's been uh, with us all the time. It changed him, didn't it? <laughs> it didn't Something, no, it did. <laughs> really? So, yeah, you just, I mean, you were chippier than usual. <laughs> and that is saying yeah. something. You were putting the world to rights in a way that only a bloke who's had two large vodkas does and isn't used to drinking in the afternoon. <laughs> It was four and it, we're all looking at each other. We, a couple of times you popped off to the loo said, aye, aye. We've got to keep him off the vodka for the rest of the history. Let him have the one, but certainly not the two. Then he nearly got into a fight last night oh, with yeah, a Russian was, bloke. Oh, that was a bit so, hairy, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's all right. Take, take you, you, weren't, you, know, you weren't swinging at people. You weren't singing uh, God Save the Queen or anything. But we, know, we just noticed a little subtle change in your countenance. And uh, our waiter last night. We, oh, yeah. This was weird. He was wearing a jolly Matelot outfit. Well, they have to wear sailor's outfits. Sailor's outfits. Outfit, really they work there. He looked like Jean-Paul Gaultier. He did look designing. like, yeah. The blokes in those adversaries. Never, never has an outfit less matched a man's face. He was so surly, this bloke. No, honestly. no. We disagree because before you arrived God. at the bar, uh, he came up to myself and, and David, the head of football, and said, would you prefer to watch um, Iran versus Portugal? And he turned the telly over for yeah, us. So we were very much on side. I wasn't. And he compounded it by dropping a knife as a point down on John's foot. Yeah. She wasn't I very happy personally with. thought he made a bit too much of a fuss. I know, he broke the skin. When I, 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 the knife, and he went, oh, and then, he wasn't my fault. And then he, he's I rolling come, around, got booked. I popped off to the loo, come back, he's got his shoe and his sock off. He's, he's, he's phoning uh, Claims Direct. <laughs> I don't know, Dave, did you think you made a bit too yeah, much made of a, a bit fuss? Too much no of Bert Troutman. That's the Bert Troutman Award. <laughs> definitely. It was a dive. It was a, a dive. dive That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's so funny, honestly. First of all, he's, he's you, basically. He is he's me. you in about <laughs> 50 years' time. I think now. He got locked out of his room this morning when, yeah. after going to the gym for 20 minutes. Yeah. And he had to come down in the lift and the reception three times. And that lift, that's about half an hour's worth. It is. Then he poured yogurt on his cereal. Yeah. <laughs> and last night, he tried to buy some toothpaste and was diddled out of his chair. By the woman, so they're kind of trying to. We gave her twelve quid for about fifty pieces <laughs> worth of toothpaste. She did the, the look. The, the look she gave him, really, the I worst look a Brit has had in this country, I think, for many years. Now we told you yesterday about our driver fixer, the man who doesn't speak English. Yeah, stock so, car racer. Why so useful? Stock car racer Lewis Warnock. He looks yep. like Neil. Looks Warnock. like Neil Warnock. Looks like Neil Warnock. Drives like Lewis Hamilton. So yeah. we call him Lewis Warnock. Yeah. That makes sense, doesn't it? Honestly, he nearly had a head-on in the hotel car park. That's a <laughs> world record for Lewis. <laughs> He's basically gone four yards in a white car. I'm hurtling him around the corner. It's a touch of the Mr. Magoo's about him, isn't it, when he's behind the wheel. So. Terrible. And the hotel has a revolving door. Yeah. Which, as you approach it, it speeds up. It does. It's like, it's, you have to, it's that thing of, you've got to be quick off the mark. If for England strikers, if they're looking just to sharpen up that first 10 yards, just walk in front. Walk in front of the sensors at our hotel in Sochi. And it's, you really have to put, because if you don't move quickly... Catch yeah. your head in the back you of the said it was door, like yeah. a bleep test. It was like a bleep You just suddenly have to go, don't you? <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, well, An interesting fact about Sochi. Well, have, it is. You know, we have a great affinity with Cheltenham. It's a place we love very, very much, and we come from there every year. And it is. we found out this is honestly, genuinely true. It is twinned with Sochi. Well, not just Sochi. Uh, Cheltenham is twinned with Annecy in France, Cheltenham in Pennsylvania, Gottingen in Germany, and Vehai in China. And they've got two friendship towns Kisumu in Kenya and Stampers Gat in the Netherlands. So clearly the mayor of uh, Cheltenham loves a little overseas jolly. He does. He loves a bit of twinning. But the remarkable thing is that it's, it's quite a lot of similarities to Cheltenham. I mean, there was a bloke who looked like the late Tom Graveney drawing money out of the ATM on the high street. That's uh, it was that's a There was a man who looked like Richard Scudamore on the train. Yeah. Uh, and also there's an absolute 
complete replica of the Queen's Hotel. And, uh, you've in been the middle in, of Sochi. In, you've I've been, been inviting everybody in. <laughs> That's right. Everybody yeah. you don't like, I invited. We saw a former Russian rugby player diving headlong into a hedge on the way back. Yeah. And uh, to complete it, the great, ru- well, great honour here, the great Russian jockey. Uh, Rubel Walsh. Oh, yeah, I love Rubel Walsh. He came He's a lovely fella. He came out like he does to Paddy Power's box. He came into the pub just to talk about the racing this afternoon. Oh, yeah. And uh, we taped it. And he, have, you got, have you got that, uh, John? He has. Okay, here it is. Normally in the handicap we look for the bottom end of the weights, but whatever reason, in the Albert Bartelski Bartelski uh, chase at sixteen twenty, the top weights have a wonderful record. Uh, Ken Boyle's a good winner, and Wimmerwick this week sure to get the trip on a very good horse. And Kashari is not the one to r- watch out for. My sister Katesky is uh, riding her, and uh, you sound like Jackie Mason. <laughs> That's, that's a reason for that. But you do sound like Jackie Mason. It's very good, though. Yeah, you get the, you get the idea, idea with that. You get the idea with that. <laughs> yeah, so much like Jackie Mason. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> anyway, there we are. That was Russia. Um, oh, uh, just breaking away before we bring your striker, uh, our old mate Rafi Honigstein, German football correspondent, has just tweeted, and we are back, uh, which would suggest that uh, German football's got the green light. But... Uh, Expect the well, official confirmation very soon, but uh, we haven't got the dates yet, but we'll bring that to you as soon as we can. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's bring you Stryker. Uh, this is, of course, the uh, Ian Danter voicing uh, Steve Bruce's excellent book, Stryker, telling the story of Steve Barnes, the manager of Letters for Town. No time for a recap. All you really need to know is he's got a, he's got a match to fulfil, even though he's been found over the body of his star striker with a knife in his hand. Steve says he didn't do it, but who did do it? Let's try and get a little bit closer to the truth now. Shannon cleared his throat. My heart sank. You are Mr. Stephen Barnes? Shannon asked. You know very well I am, I said. What the hell's going on? Bill asked, his voice betraying his alarm. Your address is... He recited the whole of my home address. I nodded my agreement. In my brain there was a terrible feeling of foreboding. Stephen Barnes, by the authority vested in me, I am placing you under arrest. Arrest? What the hell for? I shouted angrily. My interruption meant that I missed the whole of his warning, but I took on board the fact that I was not obliged to say anything, but he had the right to take down what I said, and if I chose not to speak, that would also be noted. People no longer have the absolute right to silence which we once enjoyed in this country. Suddenly, for all my physical fitness, I felt weak. There was a large hole where my stomach should have been. I sat down before I fell down. I didn't do it, I said. He was dead when I found him. I just could not believe the words which I had just heard. Please come with us, Widdison said, putting a hand on my arm. I tried to shake him off. Don't make me use the cuffs, Steve, he said. Once we reach HQ, Shannon said, you'll have the right to contact your lawyer. You're making a big mistake, Shannon. A very, very big mistake. You understand? A bloody great mistake. We're talking career options here. I wonder from which movie Bill had just plundered that last remark. Suddenly, what Bill had said struck me as funny. I started to laugh. It must have been the tension, for, in truth, the situation was not funny. Not funny at all. Been arrested, Andy. Steve Barnes. I know. Have you heard about Steve Bruce's new book about a Russian assassin killing Steve? No. Well, it's called Killing Eve, not Killing Steve, I think you'll find. (laughs) The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Did you see that Theresa May, she'll be all right, though. She got 160 grand for two cancelled speaking engagements. Wow. I mean, I'm not politi- I'm not political, but I've, she's not the bright, you know, the most entertaining person. I wouldn't give you sixteen quid to see it. Hundred and sixty grand. I don't understand these big banks. What, what do they see? What do they get out of this? I don't get. Oh, come and see Theresa May give a really boring, dull kind of speech, and uh, that's prestigious she for might, us. I she don't might get be it. brilliant. She might be like Jerry Seinfeld. She may go on. I doubt <laughs> might it. be like watching Larry David. You know, no, it might, might be absolutely she brilliant. Over a million quid since she packed it in in speeches. Wow. I mean, I'd, I'd want, I'd want the dance. I want the dance you did in South Africa. If I'm, if I'm paying that kind of money, I definitely exactly. want to see that uh, that happen. I know. Anything go. else? 
Oh, well, I, you know, well, you've got, got time. Else. I mean, you've got time. Well, Matthew Said writing about the uh, last dance. And yeah, uh, he was t- he, the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls documentary. That everybody's yeah. really enjoying. And oh. uh, he, well, two things. Number one, he agreed with me about Pippin. I yeah. thought the other day when we spoke to the director, it was really harsh. I mean, Pippin was really poorly treated by just because he signed that contract doesn't mean that he should be the 122nd worst player on the team, uh, no. worst paid player on the team. And let's face it, when he didn't play, they didn't win. No. He was just as key to, to them winning as Jordan was. So yeah. I didn't agree. He agrees with me on that. Uh, but he, he a little bit he put in that he was the uh, halftime entertainment at a Chicago Bulls game playing ping pong in front of the crowd which are, you know I'm quite keen to ask him about how that might have we might try and get really. him on to find out be in the heart ladies and gentlemen yeah. please welcome Matthew Side playing a little bit of t- but you and Sue and could Su- start Sue. playing table tennis in the half time of the Harlem Globetrotters yeah or we, even when the ABA uh, NBA comes back <laughs> that would be good when it comes over to England yeah that would be good you half time entertainment you at the O2 so. you and uh, Sue <laughs> playing table tennis talking of unlikely appearances uh, Singing Streets on uh, Twitter Put this out there, and I'll make Crackers retweeted it. Um, it was on this day earlier this week. 18-year-old Kate Bush played her fourth gig with the KT Bush Band at the White Hart Pub on the 4th of May 1977 as part of a Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Club do. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's not there, the Heath pub Cliff anymore. Jones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's amazing. <laughs> That's Come Heath on. Cliff Jones. Let's have your Kate Bush football song. Uh, but yeah, Sorry. what about that? A fourth ever gig was yeah. it? Tottenham Hotspur. You know. So anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll the nineteen seventy seven. We'll be. Uh, we, I wonder if we ever buy any. Um, uh, will we come up again? And will we buy any uh, South American players? But before we talk about that, Kate Bush, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it, it, it does seem it does seem weird, doesn't it? Oh, they would have come up by then, wouldn't they? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. What are you watching on the telly tonight? And have you got anything planned? Well, I, I'm not exactly. Well, I'm, I'm going to finish off the documentary I'm watching about the Celtics and the Lakers. I love Code Four Hundred Four. It's very funny with yeah. uh, and Mike tipped us up off for it last week but it's it's well worth watching so I'll put my, my, my watch another episode of This that. is the sitcom with uh, Daniel Mays and Stephen Graham isn't it mm. yeah. It's just okay. funny I mean it's it, it's off the wall but it's good Okay well I think uh, I think that's uh, Is he is he not there Mike Yeah of course he is yes I'm, part I'm 2 here. tonight oh. hello Mike <laughs> I'm here don't worry We thought we'd just talk about telly without you That's no, absolutely fine I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I know I was just, wondering what was you, going on I'm, You have I'm a cup of tea Keep we'll going. discuss telly. Keep going. <laughs> Actually, I played Scott. I, I, I've watched the uh, episode two of uh, Code Four or Four tonight, and I watched the third episode. I thought I'd just watch a bit ahead um, uh, the other day uh, with my wife uh, watching it as well. Not so much as a titter. It was. It was. Oh, I got no. to about twenty-five minutes in, and I'm thinking, is she's in a really bad mood, or she's trying to prove a yeah. point, or she's off, <laughs> off with the fairies? I don't know which one it is. But absolutely no reaction at all. Anyway, episode no. two tonight is no brilliant. Way. The, the great it's the great sort of running gag in the second episode is that Daniel May's character, who's this police uh, police officer, has been brought back to the dead from the dead using artificial intelligence. It's kind of program. He's been given an upgrade, but it's an American upgrade, so he keeps coming out with his annoying Americanizations. <laughs> and it's just it's true. It's not really part of the story, but it just ever so often he keeps coming along with it, and it just builds and builds and builds. It's very funny, and Stephen Graham's very good. character increasingly annoyed by it. Brilliant. Well, Charlie the cabbie agrees with you and Andy. He's uh, he's been in touch. He's really enjoying the show. So uh, maybe you yeah, you caught your, you caught your, that can be like that when it's a communal watching with your other half. Yes, and they're not buying into it. Oh. It, it, it it's hard, isn't it? Atmosphere yeah, wise, it's you know. really mm. difficult. And I start yeah. to doubt myself. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got no, I've got no faith <laughs> in my own judge, critical judgment anyway. I'm yeah. just thinking, maybe I'm just an idiot. And yeah. and, and, and so I, I'm watching this stuff, and she'll just sit there. Are you asleep? It's just no reaction whatsoever. <laughs> oh, dear, right, so it's torture. And I'll tell you what, the other thing is um, Isolation Stories, which is on tonight. It's the mm. third, third one. I didn't watch last night's because it sounded a bit heavy going. Uh, I did watch the one with Sheridan Smith on Monday. This one is Darren Boyd. Um, he plays a, a paranoid um, hypochondriac called Mike. Who's, right. who's reacting yeah, particularly badly <laughs> oh. to the virus and is convinced that, you know, so much as breathe the air, you, you, you've got it. And it's sort of, and I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to watch this with her. She's <laughs> she's already got issues on, on a scale that I can't even begin to go into, but, you know, with, 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 with me and my neuroses. So uh, we'll skip that one and probably watch an old... Yeah, sort of, we'll watch 
great British menu on ketchup or something. Uh, I did ask for your uh, your uh, Kate Bush related football songs, and Jeff Peters gives us "Running Up That Gordon Hill." <laughs> so there we are. It's as good as it's going to get. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, it's pretty good, actually. Right. Uh, That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely trying to think of a football called Alan Babushka, but uh, I'm not getting, <laughs> not getting anywhere with that. Um, yeah. So, uh, what else we got tonight? Rod Gilbert's work experience. Yeah, Rod Gilbert, Welsh comic, who's um, he's done this series. I think this might be the second, third series of this thing, where each week he just basically does go off and do yeah. um, a different job. Um, and in this first one, filmed before the, the the current crisis, as we keep having to remind ourselves, um, mm. he's a carer in a care home. So mm. you think, oh, this is this is quite difficult material, difficult subject matter. And um, you, you watch it at first, you think. Because he tries to sort of make everything funny, not not quite on the scale of uh, Ramesh and um, Rob uh, we talked about yesterday in the Bally thing, he tries to get find the humour and stuff. And it, it's just a bit too jaunty at first because obviously it was filmed in different times. Um, but as it goes on, it's perfect because his he, he, what he does is he goes in there and it's not about being downbeat and say, oh, well, you know, this is a difficult environment and this is terribly hard work. And it's all about celebrating the people who live there and finding the characters and bringing their personalities out when often their lives are probably a bit drab and repetitive. And he, by the time he gets to the end, he's really sort of related to the people living in, in these care homes and some of them got incredible incredibly bad serious health issues and also going out on visits as well so it's, it's it's touching stuff and you have to sort of see it through to the end to understand just how timely it is when at the start it seems anything but yeah, Jeff Peters is back with the man city with a child in his eyes he's on a roll he's on a roll <laughs> oh, I think Jeff. we've probably exhausted them somebody's <laughs> going to be start running through all their Wikipedia songs but, just, uh, I, can't think of that, I can't think of that many no, it's, uh, well, no, I mean, well, it's a bit know, off top of your head. Um, Kate Bush, Man City. Uh, sorry, Kate Bush football songs is, is not easy. <laughs> it's not Kate Bush, Man City. That's yeah, Kate Bush. Not yeah, yeah well, well, you know, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Just for the just for the half time in one of the lounges. Yeah, that's it. We're entertaining you now. Uh, Kate Bush. Um, so... <laughs> They could afford it, couldn't they, if they yeah, wanted well, to? Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, although, where would that? Where would she fall under financial fair play? I mean, she wouldn't be cheap, <laughs> would she? But she's not technically on the playing stars. So let's not worry about that anyway. Um, so, uh, well, the no, great. Let's, we've got yeah, okay. Else to well, do. We should focus on it. the great British sewing bee um, this evening, Mike. You're watching as well. Well, I am, but I'm actually thinking Kate Bush is is probably more. Um, yeah, no, let's talk about it. Uh, children's yeah. week. So basically, they're doing children's wear, children's clothes, which. Um, uh, gets a different reaction depending on the, you know one some contestants get ridiculously excitable about it and uh, another one just says it's isn't it just a shrunken down version of all the other stuff we've, we've done before which it kind of is but the great thing about this one is that halfway through one of the challenges they decide is fancy dress hmm. so that each of the contestants i think there's eight or so left um or maybe nine doesn't really matter um <laughs> is asked is, well, should, maybe it's 10 i'll keep this going um is asked to do a fancy fancy dress item, but they have to make it out of a sleeping bag, first oh. of all, which is quite interesting in itself. But also, whatever they create has to uh, represent an item of food. And and the judges insist it must not only represent that item of food, but as soon as they walk in the room, it must be instantly recognisable as that item of food. So if you have to explain what it is, you know, like oh. a bad impersonator, yeah. if you have to explain what it is, then you <laughs> haven't succeeded. Uh, so we've got somebody makes a, a slice of pepperoni pizza. Two people go for watermelon, which I think is, you know, statistically quite surprising. Yeah. Uh, unless it's the sort of people who do sewing for a living are particularly keen on watermelon. Um, and somebody goes for, well, they say it's obviously obviously sushi, but it looks to me like Bertie Bassett. Um, right. So that's 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 wrong. Um, and then somebody just gets a bag of chips, which doesn't look anything like a bag of chips, except they've sewn the word chips on the front. Oh, that's no good. That's like the bad impersonation, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. Just think, well, no, that's cheating. That should be instant disqualification. Yeah. That's a straight red. Oh, as well, I, think, I think it should. Yeah. Definitely. No, I think, I, um... Yeah, go on. Sorry. Oh, go on. No, that's I'm nine o'clock tonight. Oh, so we're all shouting. Nine o'clock no, tonight. Let's clear this once. one up. Nine o'clock tonight, that's on, isn't it, Mike? It's, it's Channel 4. BBC One. No, BBC One. Go on, Andy. Yeah, I uh, I was watching a bit of Richard and Judy's book club uh, last night when mm. Sue was watching it, and uh, what on earth happened to Richard? His hair he looks like <laughs> Debbie Harry. What has he done? It's like, it's, <laughs> Judy's got the most ridiculous amount of hair. I don't know where she, it's apparently. Well, she can't get it cut, can she? It's a bit sheep. Dog, I know, but it's, it's gone sheep dog, yeah, isn't it? It's really the full sheep dog. It's the full Dougal. Blonde. 
yeah and he's and he's got he's a sort of yeah absolutely it's sort of like he's got this that color in it that's sort of a wee bit 1984 simon le bon sort of yeah. thing going is it, they look like they look like straight. dollar have let himself go there a little bit is that what it is <laughs> yeah that's, that's a good description it's spot on yeah good, uh, it's exactly yeah. that oh, yeah did you watch it? Have you watched both episodes so far? Is it you just dipping? Uh, to be in? honest, I, I watched about five minutes of it. It's not for me, you know. <laughs> all these well, pop not, up, you know, well, all these pop up Channel Four shows, Mike. You've been telling us about. Jamie yes. did one for ten minutes. Didn't yeah. he? Are these still going? The Kirsty's Craft Show. Are these what all seems still to be on, happening? They're really oh, sort of getting all the meat off the bones of this one because what they're doing is they're putting them on in the afternoon, yeah. and then they're sort of repeating them or some of them in the evening in the sort of half eight slot, and then they're doing a sort of compilation. So they're really getting their money's worth out of probably not an awful lot of investment in the first place which is fine um and apparently the guy uh, jay blades who does the repair shop has got one coming up in a couple of weeks time he's going to be doing a diy from home thing for daytime tv so that'll be a treat yeah well it has to be but one of the best things i've seen on telly this week well we've talked about grayson perry a lot so but within that i've never seen anything like this that he interviewed this famous artist called dame maggie hambling oh, yeah. she agreed she only agreed to do this interview with a one uh, talk about a pop star's rider she said uh, she doesn't do zoom <laughs> she she has to be allowed to smoke throughout yeah despite yeah. the health risk and no use of music on her segment which i think actually was a good thing because often it's a bit boring that and you could actually hear the sounds it was more like slow telly but the smoking thing was incredible oh, it was. you just don't see that on telly it, now. it was and she ca- and she came across as one of these people that i think maybe well perceptions are sort of slightly changing in these times because normally i'd have watched her think oh you're a bit bonkers aren't you and i say oh no <laughs> I quite admire I like you. I think you should have your own show. And I like the fact she said she relaxes in the evening. She goes and sits on a bench with a can of special brew. I mean, that's that's an artist that yeah. you've got to respect and admire. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it works great, too. And uh, an old picture popped up on Twitter the other day of the Coronation Street Olympics. It was, uh, it was of the vintage is... Uh, Bet Hilda oh. and Vera all in the egg and spoon race, and it was the Rover's return versus the flying horse. Who won? Well, I'd love to know. I'd love to know. Well, they're Who showing won? a lot of the classic Coronation Street on ITV uh, three or four, whatever it was. I said, um, and uh, it won't be four. Uh, so it may be on that. It may Let's be, hope so. Be yeah, the Corrie Olympics. Jeff Peters. He, he, the hounds of love. that's very good oh, Peter wow. and love oh he's on he's fire really working Jeff hard. you're the only one who's embraced this god bless you um, the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport there we are that was uh, this afternoon's show we do return tomorrow from one we'll have uh, the little quiz that the Moose does uh, we'll bring you that golden years and uh, Tommy Cockles joins us, uh, a legend we're going to have a drum lesson tomorrow uh, with a, uh, a top professional drummer um take you through the basics and uh, yeah more on that there'll be some sport as well just realized not even talking about sport i haven't got a drum kit but i've got two pencils and a wooden table so could i sort of join in do you think you could you'd ruin it but you could join in yeah yeah <laughs> 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 well, it's a drum lesson i know it's a, okay maybe it can teach you you're gonna need a couple of bass drums as well you're gonna need to do something with your feet just bang your feet on the floor anyway there will be some Things sport unlikely. as well no doubt Uh, Until then, have a good evening and we will uh, catch up with you then. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 